love. Hi there. Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about using your creativity to improve your life by basically going through the process of becoming real. What that means is that you deconstruct and get out of your head in the sense of uh, holding back, hesitating, having self-limiting beliefs, that you allow the shadow self to emerge from the ashes of that ego, and then that you can start flowing, growing, designing a life that you actually want to live instead of just being uh, an automaton that is fueled by impulse, reactivity, instinct more than intuition. And basically that if you can go through this process of growing real and becoming whole, you'll feel more connected to other people because you'll be more connected to yourself. You'll be more connected to life. And then you can die because that's what happens to all of us. But you'll at least have lived a good life or the best possible life. So anyway, that's a rambling introduction. My name's Ollie Anderson, if you didn't know that. I'm a life and business coach. You can call me a creative performance coach, but I'm starting to realize that your job title doesn't really matter. I mean, I knew that anyway, but um, it's more what you do that counts. And basically, I just help people become more real with whatever it is that they're doing. Anyway, this uh, podcast is an interview with a guy called Vince Solza. Vince is a super cool guy. I met him in a group for freedom-loving entrepreneurs, and we got talking because we shared some similar interests and some similar philosophical questions about life and the human experience and what it means to be real, how ultimately it all boils down to unconditional love and truth and blah, 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 all these things that I like talking about, wholeness mainly. Um, So yeah, this interview is going to take you on a bit of a journey. We cover a lot of things. Vince has a a really great system for kind of growing real, three-step process. We talk about that. We talk about the barriers that hold us back. We talk about the things we're going to learn along the way and the path to realness. Just listen and uh, you'll find out. But uh, this was a really good one. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was very real. So Vince, thank you to you for coming on here and letting me interview you. Everybody else, hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you get some value from it. Um, if you have any suggestions for future interviewees, then send me an email or a DM somewhere. And other than that, just uh, stay real out there, keeping the flow. And uh, here we go. Oh, hi there, Vince. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Creative Status. Um, we've had some quite deep conversations in the short time that we've known each other on the internet. And uh, we've decided that today we're going to dive into this stuff a bit more deeply, uh, maybe make some new connections, figure some new stuff out. Uh, Before we get into all that, um, do you feel like introducing yourself, telling people what you do, what you're all about, what you want to get from this conversation, anything else really that you want to say? Okay. Um, Yeah, my name is Vince Salzer. I've been a blogger for over 10 years, um, been on a, a few videos on uh, YouTube, did, done a lot of stuff on Facebook, talked to multiple thousands of people, 
about um, their lives and uh, how to make them better. I also recently um, kind of got what a lot of people are talking about today is what is the nature of reality and is the current one we are in um, going to sustain itself or is it even real and can we think of a better reality? But mostly uh, I'd like to talk about is what I got a, a few years ago basically through inspiration and that's um, where I get all of my stuff. It doesn't come from me. I'm just kind of like the, uh, the tool and it works through me and I just give it out. So, um, the, the, the biggest one is the three steps, the three pillars. Mm. So we'll, we'll get into the three pillars in a second. So just before we do, Tell me a little bit more about the reality thing that you just mentioned, because reality is one of my favorite topics. Um, you know, I'm obsessed with, you know, what's real about human beings, how we can be more real, how we can flow and align ourselves with the truth. And I think really that's all we need to do. Uncover the truth and then live it. And if you can really just do those two things, things tend to work out. But what's your, um, I guess, the abridged version of your reality philosophy and all that kind of thing well i totally agree with you that um if you can really figure out what is real um then you can survive and thrive in your environment mm. um my take on that is that what we all think is reality isn't really real reality is what we what is happening on the inside yeah, that's the, actually the only thing that is real. The rest of it is outside of what we think is outside. It's just mm -hmm. our perception of our inside. Mm -hmm. And once we know that, then we can just basically create whatever we want on the outside. Well, now we're not God or the creator of the universe or some infinite being or whatever you want to call it. There are certain restrictions. I mean, mm -hmm. Uh, do you want to create a reality where there are no floors and walls? I mean, not really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you could possibly, but I mean, how many people want to do that? So inside of current um, parameters, then, yeah, we can basically create what we want. So long as we realize that it all happens on the inside and that is manifested to the outside. And you can't just sit there and like meditate all day long and expect things to change on the outside, but you do need to think about what you want so much and so uh, energetically that you get motivated to actually create that outside reality. And which it's just a term, there is no such thing as an outside reality. Um, but it's a manifestation of your interior thing. Mm. And that is um, what you would call reality, is the outside part of it. And we really have to be honest about that, too. It's like, you know, you can say, well, it's like this and it's like that. Well, I would say the only thing it's like is that there are floors and walls and streets mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. earth and that's it 
because those are the, the boundaries. And you can go into, you know, millions of different ways that there are boundaries. But really, if you get down to it, um, a lot of those things can change, too. So mm -hmm. The way that I like to uh, look at it is that there's a, there's a difference between the world and reality. I think for me, everything basically breaks down into it's either about wholeness, which is real, or it's about fragments. And the world is just a bunch of fragments. It's a bunch of ideas that we've acted on collectively that have created what we call the world. So even with what you said about walls and roads and all this stuff, all of those things started as a thought in somebody's head, basically. Any idea does, anything that we, um, anything that we mold the world around us with, it originally was a thought in somebody's head. And you can say that about anything, like actually like a, a book or whatever, all these things started in someone's head. And so if the thoughts that we are having are fragmented and disconnected from the truth about life, then the world that we build is going to be an extension of that. And ultimately, it goes back to this uh, thing, I think it's in the Kybalion or somewhere like that, as within, so without. And so our inner experience, individually and collectively, shapes what goes on outside of us. Because we don't see the world as we are, as it is, sorry, but as we are. And we don't experience it as it is, but as we are. And so it all starts with our internal relationship. And I think if people can understand that, then the external world will affect them way less because they'll be picking up less social programming, less assumptions, less expectations, all that kind of crap. But also they'll be able to see that they have a lot more choice and a lot more power and a lot more autonomy over their lives because all of that external stuff is not just something to take at face value. It's not um, a barrier or whatever it may appear to be. It's just ultimately a reflection of the thoughts we've already had or the people before us have already had in the case of the world and social systems and all that kind of thing. And so it can all be changed. If it came from human beings, it can be changed. So I totally agree with you about the reality stuff. And I'm glad that you've uh, brought it up because I think in relation to your three pillars, that understanding of reality as a foundation is actually essential to making as much sense as possible of the th three pillars. So I keep talking about these three pillars um, do you want to tell us, first of all, what they are um, and how you've kind of used them to help people or how they have helped people? Okay, yeah. Um, it's kind of like uh, we go from a, a way of looking at things to actually getting to the point where we can actually, quote unquote, do something about it. Mm -hmm. So these are three concrete pillars on actually achieving what you want to manifest. So okay. it first starts with, well, it's all tied up. The first two steps are tied up with love. And the first step is realize that you are loved. Mm. And I could say unconditionally, uh, metaphysically, um, because there is something out there that loves you. Mm. No, uh, no matter what you do. Mm. And, you know, you can say, why? How do you know? It's because you're alive. If he didn't love you, the first thing you did wrong, he'd kill you. He, it, whatever. That presence, uh, the quantum vacuum, whatever it is. If you didn't abide by the quote-unquote rules, you wouldn't be here. 
And so it goes to the most basic, basic uh, function of yourself. And, and that can be, in my coaching, that can be weeks long because people just can't understand it. Um, they, can, they can't even conceptualize of a thing called God. Uh, they don't realize that maybe their family could love them or, you know, even society or something like that. They're just mm -hmm. so caught up with the hate that they can't even realize that they're loved. You've got to realize that you are loved before you can do anything else. So the mm -hmm. second step is mm -hmm. that you have to, from that realization, you have to kind of say, imagine, or um, you can actually think about that you love yourself. And everybody says, oh, I love myself. Says, well, go look in the mirror and say, I love you 10 times and see what comes up in your mind. Mm. And don't give me any uh, any uh, crap about, oh, it's, it says in the back, I do it all the time. And I've done it for years. And you know what comes back at me? No, you don't. Mm. No, you don't. Look at what you did here. Look at what they did there. Look at this world, mm. how screwed up it is. It's mm. all the excuses. Mm. And that's the second hurdle to overcome is that you got mm. actually have to begin to be able to look at yourself in the wow. mirror yeah. and say, I really do love myself, at least a little bit, despite everything else. Mm. And you begin to take on God-like qualities because God loves you unconditionally, no matter what you did. Mm. And realizing that, then you look in the mirror and say, no matter what I did, no matter what I happened, I still love myself. Mm -hmm. Then finally you can get to the third step is called finding your dream. Mm -hmm. And that is an ever ongoing process. You never really find your dream because um, the, universe, the universe is always expanding. Everything is moving and changing. Even your dream changes. Let's mm -hmm. just say you, mm -hmm. you had a, a, a crappy material dream of, of um, buying a house. Well, the first house you got was 800 square feet uh, and or 250 meters. No, no, 50 meters or 60 meters or something like that. Well, now you've accomplished it. Well, you keep going and pretty soon, uh, no, I need a 2,000 square foot meter, uh, uh, a 200 square, square meter, uh, 2,000 square foot house. And so your dream is changing all the time. And that's just a material thing. You're always growing and changing. I, I uh, got to this level of realizing that I'm loved and then I love myself. So now I have a dream. I get to the next level and my dream gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And so it's always an evolving, ongoing process where you keep going back mm. to really saying, okay, how do I love myself? Mm. I mean, how much am, am I loved? Okay, then that will go and precipitate the dream. And from the dream, it will get so <clears throat> real to you that now you can go out and accomplish things. <clears throat> things <clears throat> just open up to you. This is what, this is my dream. This is what I'd really love to do. Um, and it's always, how do I want to be? What do I love to do? It's not what I want to have <clears throat> because... We can all get tied up with the new car and the new house and 
the new um, the new girlfriend, the new wife, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. No, no, no. You have mm-hmm. to be a certain way before you have those yeah. things. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I think what we need to do is just break these three pillars down one by one. Um, but just to make sure I understand the point of them, right? Basically, in life, people are always trying to get places, it seems. Everyone's running around like headless chickens. They set goals for themselves. But a lot of the time, those goals are not necessarily real or true to who that person really is. And it's because them setting these goals before they've done the inner work of realizing that they're loved or connected to life or whatever language you want to use. And they also have some inner stuff going on where they're judging themselves or maybe they, I don't know, they caught up in the illusions of duality and all these different things that can happen to people. They got false assumptions and so on and so forth. And because of that, their inner state of being is not really conducive to get the kind of things that they actually want and need from life because they're living with a kind of inner friction. And so these three pillars of realizing that you're loved, loving yourself, and then finding direction, basically just make sure that by the time you get to the goal setting phase or the vision setting phase, whatever people want to call it, that you're actually choosing something that is real and true and authentic to you. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, yes, very exactly. Um, we can only really achieve our dreams or even have a dream. No, no, we can only achieve our dreams or find our dream um, if we come from a point of love. And mm. you could use a lot of other words, but I just use love. And a lot of times I start out the whole session with what uh, realizing that you always do have a dream. You are living your dream that you dreamed of um, five years ago, whatever, before you were born, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You always do live wow. your dream. Yeah. So all you need to do now is do the wow. steps so yeah. you can find the real one that you want. <clears throat> and yeah. don't just yeah. say, well, you know, uh, I have a dream and it's out there. No, mm-hmm. it's not. It's mm-hmm. right here with you right now. And you're living it. You're dreaming that dream right now. So let's change it. Wow. What you say is so true. The problem is like people, they're dreaming in an, they're dreaming without even knowing that they're dreaming. They're not consciously using these laws and principles that you're talking about. And so whether, you know, whether you're aware that you're using the law of attraction or whatever we're talking about, whatever you want to call it or not, these natural laws don't go anywhere. They're always working. They're always operating. And so if you're asleep because you're lost in the ego and all that kind of stuff, you're just acting out as a consequence of your social programming and self-hypnosis and blah, blah, blah. The law of attraction is still working. And so actually what you need to do is wake up and see that you are kind of in a lucid dream actually, and you can play a role in it. And by making choices and accepting that you're loved and all the stuff you're talking about, you're going to get better results and be able to kind of mold reality in this, you know, to a higher degree. Obviously, you can't change everything, like you said. So, for example, you know, these natural laws are just a thing. I don't think anyone can ever go against them. So, you know, it's they're they're the the thing that created us basically. But we can work within the parameters of that. So, anyway, I'm ranting and raving. 
let's go through these um, the three pillars one by one, just to give a bit of a mini masterclass, let's say, on exactly what people can do to start moving down this pathway. So the first one then, realizing that you're loved. Um, you've talked about God. Um, I, I, I call it wholeness when I'm talking about this. Some people call it just pure consciousness or whatever. There's all these different words, but they're all talking about the same thing. And ultimately, it's this feeling of realness and connection to life and everything else. That's how I normally end up talking about it. This feeling of realness is always there. And it's, it's something that all human beings have, probably all living creatures. You can't get rid of it because reality is about wholeness. What's whole is always complete. It never goes anywhere. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it, blah, blah, blah. It's just there. That feeling of wholeness is is love and all these things. There's a saying, I think, from the 70s or something, or maybe the 60s. I think I saw it in like a book about hippies or something. It said, God is love is truth. It's all the same thing. These are just words. So anyway, this feeling of realizing that you're loved, what steps do people need to do in order to kind of experience this thing that we're talking about? The feeling of realness or love from your point of view or God or whatever. Like, How can people... Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it starts maybe in a metaphysical level, but maybe we can just start on a very practical level. Do you think... Mm-hmm. that your siblings, your parents, your child, do they love you? And then if you're a normal person to within uh, two or three sigmas from, from the center, if you know anything about probability, then yes, your parents love you unless you've created such chaos that they just can't anymore. But they probably still love you, but they're loving you from a long ways away because you are their progenitor. You are their offspring. They really don't, in a way, have any choice. It's built in. And that's the biggest thing, you know. And you can go into that. Another example is, do you love your children? Yes, for 99.9% of the normal people, not the psychopaths or something else, (laughs) yes, no matter what they do, you love them. Maybe if Mm. they're on drugs and all this stuff, then you can't have anything to do with them, but you still love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so that's just an example of it, you know, right down here. Now we can take that to ultimately to, to go on and say, God is everything, everywhere, Mm. all at once. Mm. And so everything is a part of him. Mm. And so that you're here, and I would say because you're here and because that is who source is or what source is or God or whatever, that means that there must be something good about you that you even are here there must be something there Mm. and then we can go yeah god is unconditional love Mm. um you can say does somebody create something that it hates Mm. well no they create it because they want to see it come into being you don't build a house because you hate the house you build a house because you love it Mm. and so the other way around, it's like, okay, 
Now, after you build a house and maybe it becomes, you know, uh, a weight around your neck because of the maintenance, you might change your mind a little bit. Mm. But I don't, I don't think God is like that because uh, he's got enough power to say, mm -hmm. oh, I created this. Uh, didn't like that part, so I'll just kind of let it go, you know, and mm. let's go on creating some other thing. So you're still here. So he hasn't let go of you. Mm. So it's all of these reasons that you have to have set so deep inside of you that nothing can shake that, that you are loved no matter what. And that takes a lot of thinking, processing. Um, some people call it meditating. I don't really, I don't really call it that. You just got to sit down and think about being loved. Mm. And the more you do it, the more you will feel it. Mm. Mm. Do you think, um, like obviously there's a difference between um, conditional and unconditional love. A lot of the um, relationships that we have are conditional because you have to meet certain conditions or, you know, if, if you're too much of an asshole and you're on drugs and stuff, like you said, people will disown you, which is fair enough. The relationships are conditional, but the love in most cases is unconditional because love has to be unconditional. And so... In relation to what you're saying, maybe there's an element of this feeling you're talking about when we meditate and we close our eyes and we strip everything away. We we don't actually have a relationship with that love. We kind of just we are that love or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's um yeah. it's stripping away all those conditions, and when you strip all those conditions away, all those fragments then you're just left with the whole, which is basically you and God or you and truth or you and source or whatever word people want to use. That's all that there actually is. And once you've tasted that, that's what puts you on this path to being able to love yourself and then actually find a purpose or a dream or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I always look at the other point of it and say, if you sit and look, and just think about it. Well, why don't you think about the opposite? Mm. So if you just be quiet and everything else, <clears throat> do you actually feel hate? Do you feel hate that's coming towards you? Mm. And if you do, there's something really, really wrong with you. Mm. I would just have to say that because you need to process that. Because anybody that can sit silently and think over a period of time and the only thing they can feel that is coming towards them is hate mm. well uh we need to go and really have some deep stuff going on <laughs> so most normal people would just sit there and, and say what do i think about mm. well if i if i say don't think about anything just mm. see what comes up mm. and always it's a, a sense of peace a sense of calm you know, um, everything quits twirling around so fast. My, you know, my mind doesn't go all over the place. It still does, but a little less and a little less and a little less. <clears throat> and so that's the evidence that you are loved because that's just kind of what happens. It's almost like the default. If you really get into it, the default yeah, is right. peace and calm and love. <clears throat> yeah. And, you need to do some quote-unquote work. You need to set some time uh, to, in the beginning 
to do that. And pretty soon, it doesn't make any difference what you're doing. I mean, uh, whatever percentage of the day that we're doing something, we're doing without even thinking about it. And underneath, we can be thinking one of two things. You know, what's going to happen? You know, all this stuff. Or the other thing is, I'm at peace. I'm at calm. The universe loves me. Um, I am worthy. And that just comes to you. Yeah. Because of the whole inner work that you're doing. Mm. And that you need to do that so much before you even transition into mm. the thing is I can love myself. Mm. And the other part of it is then you're not lying to yourself. That's mm. the biggest thing is once you start saying, um, mm. I love myself, that's a lie. Mm. You don't. But it's not a lie to say that I am loved, or it's less of one if you don't believe it. I mean, that is a possibility to be believed. Mm. And then you have that that basis, and then you can move on to loving yourself. And that mm. facilitates to going out and finding your dream. Mm. So with that, um, this the first pillar, right? So accepting that you're loved, so realizing that you're loved. It sounds too simple. Like if people have not experienced it, they'll dismiss it because it's too simplistic. But what you're saying is so true. The default state of a human being is peace, joy, flow, love, all these amazing feelings that you can get. And all you really need to do, you don't need to go to see a therapist for the next 20 years and talk about all your mummy and daddy issues you don't need to analyze every little problem in your life. You need to sit down or put yourself in a situation that returns you to that default position. And it doesn't even need to return you to that default position for, you know, 24 7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just need to taste it. And once you've tasted it, it will creep into your life more and more and more until eventually your inner state is a reflection of that. And you, you'll find yourself not worrying as much. You won't be judging yourself as much. Your outer world will be a reflection of an improved inner state. You'll be setting healthier boundaries and all that kind of stuff. You won't be um, wasting your time on meaningless action and activities that aren't inspired by something true inside of you, all these things. And it all starts by just sitting down and stripping away all these conditions that we were talking about. When you remove the conditions, it's just the unconditional truth about who you are. And because it's unconditional, it's true. It's always there for everybody. And so if people aren't feeling it, then they're basically caught up in, in the hamster wheel of illusions, thoughts, and blah, 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 blah. And so, yeah, all people need to do is just feel that feeling a little bit. And then it makes it way easier to do the other two things, loving yourself and finding direction. So... I've just rambled at you a little bit again, sorry, but what do you think about that, that it is actually a very simple thing, but also how does acknowledging those feelings, the default feelings, as, as you described them, how does that help you move on to the second stage of loving yourself? Um, yeah, it's like, it seems easy, but there's a whole bunch of things going on is that we, we need to learn how to stop the rambling going on inside of ourselves that's going to be con constantly contradicting what mm. we're uh, supposedly trying to achieve the default and that mm. we don't have to mm. try to achieve it we yeah. just have to 
quit trying to achieve it because yeah. every time we yeah. try, uh, yeah. we'll never get there. So it's mm. all this Buddhist philosophy comes in there too and everything else. Um, but I come at it from a basically Western mindset. mindset. Mm. And there's a couple things in there that you, you can use, and that is by becoming the observer. Mm. You watch yourself think. You watch mm. your mind go nuts. And if that doesn't help, you become the observer of the observer because your mind will take over the observer. Mm. And it will mm. direct you off. Mm. And so you start watching your mind trying to be the observer, <laughs> and you constantly do that. I don't care. Maybe you're observing yourself, observing yourself a million times by the time you get out of that. Mm. The mm. second thing is remember that you we have all lived in uh, through trauma and get into whatever and th those are things that um, really stop us from mm. being in that peaceful yep. uh, place yep. mm. and those are big things that we have to overcome all the way through all three steps because it's the unlayering of an onion peeling of an onion <clears throat> there will always be new things that your stupid mind your ego whatever it is always going to bring up and say see see yeah. and you got to learn how to say yeah yeah mm -hmm. i see it mm -hmm. yeah but it doesn't really i'm going to let it go it has nothing to do with me the way i am now Th those are just memories that are playing out in the present and mm -hmm. those are just my perceptions of the way it was and that wasn't mm -hmm. real mm -hmm. what the way i'm judging it now mm -hmm. i choose to judge it differently now mm -hmm. and that is just the way it is and you can go say things to yourself those are the things that you'll always run into. And on your way to feeling loved and loving yourself, remember that these things are always going to happen. And that's what I help with. Um, you come to the point yourself of realizing that. I just guide you to overcoming the humps and the hills and the mountains and getting you to to get over them, get through them, and get there. And one day, you're going to have the epitome. Now, I went through this mm -hmm. similar kind of thing. Uh, and I'll give a plug to a guy I really respect, and, and it, he's got a, a thing called LifeWorks University, and it's really LifeWorks. His name is Don Cote. I'll, I'll just give him because I respect him. Mm -hmm. And we went through months and months and months of figuring out what we really want and there was like 10 or 12 of us and we all had some time to to sit down and go through all these things and once we got to the end every time there was a breakthrough by people is they just broke down and started crying yeah they finally figured out through everything what they wanted mm -hmm. and from that they were also now to the point saying i have every reason why i want that the way i want to be and why i don't want to be the same way that i have been for the last 15 years yeah i have yeah, a yeah. reason to change <clears throat> mm -hmm. i have a reason to change i got a a path set out for me and once that's done you just kind of go it's almost overwhelming yeah because now I love myself enough to actually go out and find my dream. Mm -hmm. So just to um, 
go back a, a few steps, I guess. What you were saying about trauma is so true. So I'm always talking about three main emotions that are just causing people's lives to be screwed up. Shame, guilt, and trauma. Trauma is obviously the most extreme, but all of those emotions, shame, guilt, and trauma, they basically have the same effect on people, which is that it sends them into hiding and into needing, um, I suppose, a sense of control freakery. Like they need to control life instead of going with life. And they need to control it to stop these emotions surfacing again. But the end result of that is that they they can only hide behind one thing. And the thing they hide behind is the ego stuff. And the ego, as I see it, is basically just the opposite of reality. So anytime we start identifying with ego, we, we get caught up in illusions. We get caught up in fragmentation. We think we're separate from everything. We think we're disconnected and blah, 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 blah. And... Yep. All that ultimately means is that it prevents us from the, f- the first step in your three pillars, which is realizing that we're loved. If reality is love, wholeness, God, blah, blah, whatever you want to call it, and the only thing that can stop us seeing that is the ego stuff, because the ego just ends up filtering um, reality through what we think we need to see because of what our shame, guilt, and trauma has conditioned us to believe about ourselves, then actually the next step, like you said, in terms of um, loving yourself, is about stripping away and deconstructing all that ego stuff. Or at least that's how I see it when I'm, I'm coaching people. So is that how you would kind of um, approach that if you were working with someone? It's ultimately realizing, okay, the you know we're all loved. Reality, truth is wholeness, God, blah, blah. The thing that stops you from seeing that is your relationship with yourself, which is always your emotional stuff causing a fake identity aka the ego and if you can kind of deal with that symptom then the rest is ultimately going to fall into place maybe i'm getting yeah, carried away. Um, yeah no i think you're i think you're right um we basically agree on things and probably just use different words really um i'll just give you my focus is that i am focusing people on the love part mm. and already showing them that that is what runs the universe. That's what made everything go. Mm-hmm. Nobody builds a house, house without loving it. Nobody buys a car or builds a car without loving loving it. So I just focus on love. And once you do that, you're kind of going to realize that you're running up against stuff. Mm-hmm. And we deal with those things as we come across them. We don't focus on the trauma. We don't focus on that. We know yeah, there's yeah, trauma. Yeah. yeah, we it comes from shame, fear, and guilt. Mm-hmm. I include fear in there, mm-hmm. at which kind of doesn't create trauma, but something bad happens to us creates the fear and the shame and the guilt. So we have to deal with all of those things as they come up to us, mm-hmm. and you know it's so myriad and and so many combinations that. It's really hard to, you know, come up come up with a specific thing. That's mm-hmm. got to be uh, geared to each individual. But generally, mm-hmm. it's that when you're thinking about love and you're getting distracted, remember to watch what you're getting distracted about. What is mm-hmm. it saying to you? Mm-hmm. And then you deal with it by saying, by various techniques. But here's a good one: you just say thank you. 
for what mm -hmm. you're doing. It's a basic meditation practice. Thank you mm -hmm. for what mm -hmm. you're doing. And um, okay, well, you said it. You're fine. Okay, now it becomes part of the past. Comes, mm -hmm. you can actually say, "We're going to set it over there because it's in the past. Um, it's already been dealt with." And the other part is realize it that it happened, that it came up, and say thanks, and I let you go. Mm -hmm. So I don't even have to set it over there. I could just say thank, thank you for bringing it up. I realize it, and you just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and another technique is you can t you can tell your ego, I want to think about positive, cool, p peaceful things about love, and why don't you go over and deal with all that like, the crap that you want to deal with, all the bad things in the past. You go over there, and I'll even give you s stuff to play with over there. Mm. And so you're tricking your mind or whatever else. You're just telling your ego and all of the bad stuff, the trauma, to go over there and just be trauma because mm -hmm. i want to be over here in love wow and so you separate the things out and so there's you know hundreds wow. of different ways that you can deal with those things and that's mm -hmm. when you get into coaching is that you gotta you gotta um have all these tools and techniques right at your fingertips mm -hmm. and i've been studying this for um uh, probably over 30 years. So there's so many in there that I got thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And just one just comes up when, when I get what you're feeling and what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So why don't we try this? Well, that didn't work. Well, try this. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and if you're at all wanting to find your dream, feel some love, we'll find one. I always remember, I was going to a counselor a long, long time ago, and I was just being negative. I mean, what do you do when you go to a counselor? Tell them your problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's like, finally, he just said, you know what? There's got to be a way through this. I went, what? Mm. Oh, there's got to be a way through this. Mm. And that's all he said. And finally, yeah. I went to myself, you idiot. Let's look at the way through it, not all the problems. Yeah. You know, and I was calling myself an idiot already. Mm. You know, I was in it. <laughs> but it started a change in me. It started saying, okay, let's look, focus on solutions, not on problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problems are always good. Problems are always going to be there. Solutions, mm. are, <clears throat> solutions are the hard part. We think the problems are the hard part. No. Mm. Solutions are the hard part mm. because we're so immersed in the problem that we can't even get the first base on the solution. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we, it's a total 180. And that's with all the reality. That's the whole thing I got about reality. What is true about mm -hmm. today? If you look at the last three years, not much. Everything's been a lie. Every Everything that everybody has told us is pretty much a lie and mm -hmm. continues to be. Mm -hmm. So there's a really good example about your whole life. I mean, everything you've done up to now could pretty much be said a lie, unless you're living in a place of pretty much peace. Mm. And even then, only the people that want mm. to move to a certain place, so they, they got to where they are right now, kind of believing in themselves. So their ability is to get to a new place is because they are at a place where they where their dream took them to 
but they know that they don't want to get to a different place. So those are the people mm. going to going to want to, you know, listen to you and I. Mm. And so we we have to deal with a little higher. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to make a judgment, but somebody who has got some self awareness and wants mm. to move. Mm. And it's but they're all, but they are all in the problem and not in the solution, including me. Mm. Well, I actually think in in reality there are no problems. Like this is the thing, and so when you um, when you perceiving problems everywhere, it's always an ego thing, and it's because I can say this because problems only really exist at the level of judgment. So you're judging it as either mm -hmm. good or bad value judgments, and actually in reality there is no good or bad because good and bad are just parts of the the path, I guess, to finding what is actually true. Or in order to get to reality, you have to tr transcend good and bad as well. Say. And so if you can see that and step back, that makes it easier to maintain this feeling of realness and to stay in love with yourself because you're not judging yourself. You're not judging the problems. You're not judging anything. You're just accepting life and accepting yourself because that's all you can do with reality. And you're moving forward and you're expanding and you're growing. So, again, I've been long-winded, but in terms of loving yourself, can we summarize that little pillar? I was just saying loving yourself ultimately is about stripping away all of the judgments, all of the conditions you're putting on yourself that stop you from feeling that feeling of realness we were talking about. So it's about acceptance yeah. of everything to the greatest extent possible. I'm not saying it's yeah, easy. Yeah, I think... But yeah, I think that you're right. I mean, it's, are there any problems? No, only the ones we, we let ourselves be into. Yeah. And it goes back to what is the universe? The universe is love. That's mm -hmm. all it is. And so the only thing that are, there is available to us, if we really want to accept it, is love. So now you're saying there is no good or bad. Well, that's just the outcome of knowing that the universe is love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. So, so, but... I don't know. It's kind of an advanced concept because everybody's been steeped in duality and the good and bad and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes it's like, that's an advanced concept, <laughs> but really it is. And it's just an out, outgrowth of realizing that the, you are loved unconditionally and mm -hmm. it doesn't make any difference what you do. And who knows? I've even written about who knows 30 years later that mm -hmm. what you did uh, is good or bad? Of course, many people say, "Well, I wouldn't be the person I I was today if I didn't do all those things." Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I wish that thirty years ago I would have made made different decisions because I'd be in a different, probably better place if I made better <clears throat> decisions. Mm -hmm. So it it there is no good or bad, but I think there's shades shades of gray in there. I mean, you made a better decision uh, than a worse one. You know, I decided yeah. not to get drunk. Not to get drunk tonight, or not to take that tenth drink, uh, and that was a better decision. So mm. it's it's somehow it's a a good, better, best thing rather than a good and evil thing. And yeah. we can get to that point now. It's easier to love ourselves. Mm. It's easier mm. to to shift that forward. Mm. And uh, I like to get down. We start with grand concepts. And then we chunk them down, chunk them down more into more and to that applies to our daily life and how we can move through it. I always say, I want to help you survive this current reality and thrive in the next one. Mm. 
Because really, I don't think that this current quote-unquote reality that we're in, with all its lies, can survive. And so I think this is the most important thing that you can do because our, our world is crashing down upon us. And the people who aren't awake, they're going to go totally insane when all of a sudden they realized everything that they live for, or even a portion of it, doesn't make sense. And that's what happens when you can't accept it. You can't accept even the most basic things about your life. You will literally lose your mind. And we can't have that happen. We can't have that happen to even 10% of the population. Yeah, it's going to have I, disastrous consequences. So this is the most important work anyone can do is keeping people from going insane. Yeah. And that is by teaching them about loving themselves um, and achieving their dream. And what you say is reality, mm. true reality mm. that will save their very life and and I could even say their soul because they might have to make up. They might have to make up in their soul all these things that they believe. They're going to have to learn so much more. They're going to have to start over from zero. But if we can get them to, to one, at least they got some further than they would have been by themselves because mm. everybody's going to work they're not thinking about anything they just go home blah 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 they they believe everything they hear mm. no nah. it's yeah. time we quit doing that yeah i think uh what you said about people going insane when uh this particular incarnation of the system collapses maybe in the next 50 years or something let's say within that time frame but anyway the fact that people can go insane because the system changes shows you how invested people's identities are in the world that we've built. And so earlier on in this conversation, I was banging on about how the world is not reality. And also that in order to um, make the most out of your goals or the actions that you take in, in the world, in life, you need to go through this process uh, that I'm always talking about of raising awareness, accepting yourself and then taking action or in your case of realizing that you're loved and then loving yourself and then taking the action after doing that. The only reason people can go insane in this particular instance we're talking about is because they have been acting and engaging in a world that was designed by people that did not realize they were loved, did not love themselves. And so the, the world they designed was a reflection of that thought process like i said right at the start like everything starts with the thought in someone's head if that, that person doing the thinking does not love themselves then they're going to design something that is also a reflection of a lack of love and you just have to look at the world around you to see that right and these people who are yeah you know we're making a lot of assumptions but these people who are probably going to go insane it's because they will realize that the world they are treating as real is unreal and that crash from unreality to reality is always a very dramatic and painful process. It can be a good thing in the long run because once you hit reality, hit rock bottom, then you can start rebuilding in a, in a much more real way. But in general, at the start of that process, at the start of that slide down from unreality to reality again, it does feel like you're losing your mind. But the good news is reality never goes anywhere for anybody 
And so everybody can tune back into this feeling of realness and then do something with it in the way that we're talking about. So anyway, just to bring all this together, can you uh, just tell us a bit more about the finding the dream part and you know how it relates to everything else we've just said? Well, first thing about finding the dream is the words that remember that the dream changes. And the more you evolve and grow and love yourself, um, your dream will change. Mm. And always be open to that. Don't just mm. um, say, well, I wanted the new car, now I can sit down and, and uh, relax for the rest of my life. Mm. You do sit down and enjoy the car. Mm. You do enjoy the new level of peace and joy and relationships that you have. Mm. But always realizing that it is changing and it is growing and that's what keeps you alive is mm. constantly uh, mm. finding your dream, constantly loving yourself, constantly feeling the love of the universe. And mm. then it's really, really, oh man, it's just so hard. When you get to the finding of your dream, mm. it's like, ask yourself the question. I do this all the time myself. Mm. What do I really want mm. wow can you come up with anything concrete i mean mm. other than peace and love and joy <laughs> yeah okay all right but yeah mm. uh, that's ec excellent to work on and that's the first thing that you do but then you know you got to get up tomorrow morning and say well, what am i going to do well i'm going to feel peace and love and joy well, again, ego is going to get in there, and you, what you're going to be able to do five minutes, you know, you know, if you're lucky. I know, I know, people can't even do it for a minute, and neither could I. Can't even do it for a minute. So, what are you going to do with the other twenty-three hours and fifty-nine minutes? Um, and so, you've got to come up with some concrete things, a dream that you want to work for, yeah. and what is, and, and what is that? joy and peace mm. and love look like in your life where would you be what would you be doing what would be the outside circumstances uh would you live in a city would you live on a, on a farm would you live in, live in a jungle and you just have to go over and over and over it until you actually get to the point that yeah this is approximately mm. where i want to be mm. and and of course, it will always change, but at least you can get to the point where you kind of say, you know, I could sit in this place for 10 minutes and be totally okay with it. Mm. And the rest mm. of the time, I could be actually, what, on my computer doing things I love or out there building stuff that I love to do or creating a painting, a sculpture, uh, a house, uh, mm. taking care of uh, plants and food and animals. Mm, I mean, mm. it just goes anywhere, you know, mm, mm. and I, you just get all of that stuff and you just pick out what you want mm. and what would make you feel the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that simple. Like what feels good, but not in a hedonistic way where you're trying to escape from yourself. When you were talking, it reminded me of what you were saying about um, Buddhist philosophy and all that kind of thing, where as soon as you start trying to heal yourself or you start trying to fix your life or you start trying to do all these different things that people try and do, that is when the problem actually starts. And it's the same with this in a way. 
So if you've gone through these stages that you're talking about of realizing that you're unconditionally loved, loving yourself because you stop judging yourself, you accept yourself unconditionally. Well, really, when you get to that stage, you don't need anything, do you? Like, it's not like ad adding a Lamborghini or a, I don't know, in my case, like a shiny new guitar or something to my collection of accoutrements I've picked up in life. It's not like adding that stuff is going to make me feel any better or really change anything because the real stuff is always there. That's the whole point, right? But you need to do something with your time. So it's about choosing things that are going to give you pleasure. They're going to give you an amazing experience. They're going to allow you to help pe other people to express yourself in the right way and help other people on their journeys and all this stuff. The dream part is something that I think you you want it, but you don't. Really, it doesn't matter if you get it or not. And so you detach from it. You're outcome independent, and ironically, having that attitude means you're more likely to get the things that you want anyway. And you still appreciate them, and you be grateful for them. But you realize it's all just part of the ride. It's not you. It's just something that you've chosen. And as long as you're making choices that allow you to keep growing real and expanding and experiencing more wholeness and blah, 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 then it doesn't matter. But not in a nihilistic way. I always say like nihilism is just the same as spirituality, but nihilism is just saying everything's empty, so fuck it. Spirituality is saying everything's full, so fuck it. Pardon my French. Let's just do what feels good and do what I need to do. And so for me... Once you've had that feeling of realness, it all just falls into place and everything else is gravy. I don't know if that's how you see mm -hmm. it, but that's... Uh, yeah, absolutely. And to get it in a little more concrete terms is that the dream will dictate what you're going to do. And what I call it is the next right thing. Mm -hmm. So you always bang up against something. And when you have your when you have your dream, it's like, okay, the question becomes, so what do I do about it? Yeah. And there's... It's only the next right thing. Let's not get all you know crazy mm -hmm. and all tense about it. It's the next right thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, the universe is going to put something in front of you that you absolutely hate. Mm. And you say, I will never do that. And that's what the universe is going to tell you to do. Unfortunately, in most cases, hopefully not every one, but yeah. it's going to be the thing that you don't want to do. You might not say that's the absolute thing I want, but it's, I won't do this. And so it's going to ask you absolutely to do that. Mm. And once you keep doing that and keep doing that, it's going to be, get better and better. The other thing is the next right thing is only the next right thing until you get, until you receive feedback. Then mm. it might mm. not have been the, the right thing, but yeah, it was at the mm. time. And so now you change it to the next right thing. Yeah, you yeah. do that till you get feedback, and then you do the next right thing until you get feedback, change it, and you keep going. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you could just say, you know, I don't care. Like you said, I don't care. It's all the same. All yeah, I'm doing is the next right thing, waiting for yeah. feedback, do yeah, the next yeah. right thing. And there's no stress. There's no nothing. I'm not judging myself. I'm not judging anybody else. I'm mm -hmm. just doing what the universe is asking me to do. The you can say the right universe. Thing. You can say, yeah. You can see the universe or what wells up inside of you or however you experience it. Yeah, love it. And if you don't go through the other steps of uh, realizing you loved, loving yourself, then you'll never be able to just live in that way where you're just doing the next right thing, the next right thing, the next right thing. Because mm -hmm. you'll think that everything you do has to be 
way more significant than it actually is because of your ego mm-hmm. stuff and the way it's invested in it. So, mm-hmm. wow. Well, um, Vince, I think we've uh, smashed out your three pillars. We've said a lot about them. I think everyone's got a good understanding of them. And um, I found this really interesting. Have you got any final words of wisdom to sum this conversation up? We've covered loads of stuff. And um, I don't know, how would you sum it up? Or what are your final reflections? And can you tell people where they can find you as well, please, on the internet? Well, here's what I got is that uh, my system is is a stre- what I call a stress free system. Mm. We're not putting any stress on you because we're just we're just teaching you how to love and accept love. And we're just teaching you how what you're already dreaming and making it better. We're not mm. <clears throat> we're not putting you under stress. We aren't. You are, of course. So it's a stress free system. My blog is at vincesalzer.com. Vincesalzer.com. I have a Facebook. That's uh, Vince Salzer. It's my name. I also have a kind of a group called How to Find Your Dream. Mm. So I kind of named that way because it's actual steps on how to do it. You can join me there. I'm on Twitter at VJ Salzer, uh, uh, LinkedIn at Vince Salzer. I mean, you can find me all over the place. Uh, right. And, and But those are the main ones, Facebook and my blog. And I'm on Telegram and WhatsApp too, and all under my name. You can find me there. Awesome. So I'll I'll share those uh, details in the show notes, so people can uh, click the link or whatever and find you. I love what you said about the stress-free system because I think the the choices people make to that make them feel like the love thing is not real. That's the only thing that adds tension. It's the only thing that adds stress. And so actually by unlearning all this stuff and getting on the real path that you're talking about, life is a lot less stressful, like a lot less stressful. So anyway, that's, uh, that's been awesome. Vince, thank you so much for coming on here today and talking about all this stuff. And uh, maybe I'll get you on again one day. But um, I really appreciate your time. It's been awesome. And thank you, Ali. Um, I re- really had a uh, fantastic time. You're a very good interviewer.